to do this quality time with you today. So you might be wondering, what are we even going to talk about today? Sometimes I, I sit back and I think, we talked about a lot, and there's still so much to talk about. So since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, we're going to explore some more mental health topics. And guess who the guest is? Well, <laughs> if you looked at the cover, you probably realized the guest is me. Dr. Erica, I'm going to bring my over 20 years of experience in mental health as a Harvard-trained double board certified psychiatrist to this episode. Now, no, we're going to be talking mental health and I'm providing education only. I'm not your doctor unless you actually pay for me. So this is not medical advice, um, but we will be also talking about some resources of how to know how to get help or where to get it so that if you actually do need a doctor, you'll be able to know that and get one. Sound like a plan? Well, you might be wondering what questions this episode will answer. Let's get to it. Number one, what are some ways that untreated trauma can hold you and your children back? Number two, how does ignoring intolerant speech about race, gender, and sexuality cause escalating harm? Number three, what can you do if someone contacts you thinking about suicide? And number four, what are some signs that you need mental health treatment? Are you ready? Better with Dr. Erica. The thing I love about this set of topics is that they're helpful to you directly, but also even if you're not having any mental health challenges or dealing with any of the racial injustice or numerous things going on in the world right now, I bet you know someone that is. And this is going to give you some information to help you support those around you too. They always say the highest level of living is to be of service. So, you know, we do shareable things here and there are going to be some things you may want to write down. So I'm going to warn you ahead of time. But if you hear something you want to share, let me tell you how we do it in Better Nation. All you do is go to social media, put the shareable moment on there, and then you hashtag Better Nation. It's that simple. Just hashtag Better Nation. You got this. Now, rather than me just talk about this episode, the good thing is it's me. I can just go ahead and get into the episode. So on to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. Being a psychiatrist, I am surrounded by the wonderful world of mental health. Being a human being, I'm also surrounded by the wonderful world of mental health. And one of the things I love about what I get to do is I get to help people every day. And one of the reasons I've had such a passion for mental health is it is so essential to have good quality of life. You've seen it. We've all seen it. 
when there's that person that seems to have it all on the outside, they have money, they're they are attractive, all of the things, and somehow they are just totally miserable. And then you'll see someone, I always like to think of life in the inner city. My father grew up in the city of St. Louis. My mother grew up in rural areas, and I have also lived in a town myself, is then you'll see people that don't have a lot of money sitting out on the porch, having the time of their life, just spreading joy. And that all boils down to quality of life. It's one of the reasons I'm passionate about helping people be better, do better, and live better. I'm here to talk about those essential things that will get you that better life that you deserve, that one that you were created for. Because it's difficult when you're living life and it's literally just survival. Not only is that stressful, it's not fun. So not fun. So I wanted to make sure that I took some time and just told you a little bit about where I'm coming from today. Now, there was a recent shooting in Buffalo um, that was related to white supremacy. Now, if I'm honest with you, I have not had the mental capacity to even look at what even happened. I was actually talking to my best friend who is a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. And we were both talking about how there's just not the capacity to see one more thing right now. And one of the things that I'm seeing and also experiencing being in a Black body and also the body of a woman is that sometimes it's stressful just to be in the current culture. So I want to encourage you to give yourself grace and to also be open to how other people are feeling in this time because I know we talked about it when George Floyd died about, well, actually was murdered, about issues like saying we aren't okay. And I want to just say, just take a special time and just be present for your um, friends and colleagues of African-American descent. Each time we have one of these killings, I feel like people are getting less okay. But um, at some point, I'll be able to look up what's going on. Um, my mother is my also my other news source, so she told me about the manifesto. But I just have not had the capacity because doing my regular job, (laughs) I deal with so much of people's pain. I just was like, I can't take that on. So that's just me sharing where I am now. I'm going to warn you. I know we talked about what will be the questions we'll be answering in this episode. I'm going to give you a heads up. They're not going to be answered exactly in the order they were presented. So if you're looking forward to something, just hang in there. It is coming. I'm going to get there. So one of the things I do, we talked about it sort of before, is I do what's called locum tenens. So think of that like temping for doctors um, through an agency. And they also do do some placement of advanced practice nurses. But just want to give you a heads up. So that's what locum tenens is. And I recently was at a staffing symposium um, for locumtenens.com, one of the companies I work a lot with. And we were all chatting a lot about kind of what my experience it is being a doctor that works this way, but also dealing with mental health. And 
these conversations come up a lot and it also came up in the last talk I did when I did a presentation for Becker Polikoff is kind of how do you know if you need mental health care? So I want to talk about that because it is Mental Health Awareness Month and the first step of being able to get the care you need is knowing you need it in the first place because one of the things that's complicated is right now We've had this culture, I lightly will call it struggle bus culture, where the culture is the struggle. The culture is things being difficult. The culture is not feeling good. If that is your normal, you may not recognize that that is a problem. You just accept it as your normal. So I want to talk about a few things. So this is not going to be exhaustive, but I want to put it in a way that you can hold on to it. So we're going to talk about three areas that will let you know that you're not okay. The three areas that are going to let you know that you need to consider getting some professional mental health care. And you notice I said professional because we have so much information at our fingertips that there are audiobooks, there are books, there are magazines, there are podcasts. You can search the web. You can look to see what Dr. Oz is saying. I just want to say sometimes you need an actual professional that is talking directly to you. So let's go ahead and talk about these three areas that you can find out if you need mental health. Number one, work. And as we talked about, these are going to be three different domains. So with work is you may have difficulty getting work done. You may find yourself making errors you wouldn't normally make. You may find that you're not getting along with your coworkers, that they are getting on your last nerve. You may notice that work is taking much longer to do. So one area to look for are changes at work. You're going to see a pattern. A lot of these are changes in different domains. Um, number two is home. So we started off at work. Now we're talking about home. You may be isolating, staying in your room, or if you live alone, not calling or talking to other people. If you don't, you may not be having meals with your family. You may just be going in your room. You are having irritability and not getting along with your friends and family. They are getting on your last nerve. You're finding it hard to get out of bed. You find it hard to shower or get dressed. You feel like you have no energy. So those are some of the things that you may see in your home or personal domain. So we talked about work. Then we talked about home. Number three is we're going to call it you on the inside. So we talked about work, talked about things that can happen at home, and we're going to talk about things about you on the inside. But overall is that you just don't feel like yourself. You may be having thoughts of self-harm or harming others. And that's one of the things that people usually recognize as a sign they need help. But the other things that you may not pay as much attention to is you feel really bad about yourself. You feel like you're horrible. You feel like you're ugly. You feel like you're a bad person. You subjectively just don't feel like yourself. You just don't feel like yourself. And I just wanted to go over just some general areas that can be signs that it's time to seek professional mental health care. So we talked about three areas to look at to that you may need to seek mental health care, including things that happen at work, things that happen at home, and things that you just feel on the inside. Um, I hope that's helpful. And the one thing I want to encourage you to do is if 
some of these are going on, go ahead and get help. You can always get what I call a mental health checkup and have someone see. And if they say, hey, you're actually okay, you're just a little stressed, you're good. But the thing that hurts my heart is seeing people suffer for months and years with mental health concerns that were treatable and you just lose that time, that quality of life. So I wanted to talk about that. Now, you know, I'm a psychiatrist and I talk about a lot of things. Um, And since I mentioned I do locum tenens, that means I travel a lot. And I watch such a variety of in-flight movies. And I know we've also talked about the fact that lately I've been a little bit tired. So I end up doing a little bit of mindless watching. So hopefully pretty soon I'll be talking to you about what podcasts or other things I'm doing. Because I'm not as mentally tired, but hey, I'm human too. We are all on this journey of humanity and life together. So back to the in-flight movies. So the other day I was on a plane and I don't know if I've told you all how much I love Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. One of my favorite quotes of all time is Dory, just keep swimming. And I love the song, just keep swimming, just keep swimming and all the remixes she does. Um, And I was watching Finding Nemo. And at the very beginning, straight Pixar style is it starts off with him, Marlon, cute little clownfish, and his wife, who you only see in the beginning of the movie, just being so excited about having a new home. And they have 400 eggs, so basically 400 babies, and they're just so excited. And, you know, you see the joy. And she's so wonderful and she's just ready. And he's like, we've got this great home. And then a killer fish comes in and kills all the babies with one and the mom. So we have this huge murder. It's like a mass murder where 399 eggs slash babies and mama are killed. Number one, it's just traumatic. Every time I watch it, it makes me almost want to cry because it's just, it's so sad. That is so much death. But what strikes me so much about this movie as I rewatch it through the lens of, and you know, an adult that's a little older and a more seasoned psychiatrist is how Marlon's response to trauma shapes Nemo's life. And that's one of the reasons why we also talk about generational trauma as being a multidimensional aspect that there's a, a part that is just what happens due to how people psychologically react and see the world and how they treat other people and how that shifts how their offspring see the world along with there can be some genetic changes and co- protein coding and DNA that happen secondary to trauma. But you see, Marlon is so afraid. He's so afraid. And one of the things I say very often about trauma is that it robs people because it teaches them that there is no safe place, that the world is not a safe place. And you see this very clearly with Marlon, that he is so anxious and petrified that something will happen to Nemo that he really doesn't want Nemo to ever leave the house. He doesn't even really want Nemo to go to school. And he's constantly telling Nemo what Nemo can't do. You know, you can't swim here. You can't do this. You have this fin and he's telling the teacher, he might not be able to keep up. And one of the things you hear beyond this is that 
he's so afraid that he's subconsciously sending a message to his child that you can't do things. You, you can't do this because of your fin. And he's actually unintentionally limiting Nemo at Nemo's vision, Nemo's possibilities, Nemo's ability to not simply be autonomous, but to be the biggest Nemo Nemo can be. But a lot of it is limited by his fear and the journey Nemo goes on is as he's working on establishing more autonomy. And part of the reason he even gets scooped up by the scuba divers is that he's trying to demonstrate, yes, I can. Dad is saying I can't swim. I can't swim in the open ocean. I can't swim well. I'm not strong enough. And I want to show dad that I am strong enough. And I want to encourage you to keep an eye out of how trauma shows up in your life because how it shows up in your life can unintentionally impact not just you, but also your children. So I want to encourage you to, if you notice trauma is kind of getting in the way and it's showing up in your life and it, it can show up in so many different types of ways. We'll have to talk about it again, but you can also go back and listen to the episode with Dr. Alana Curry is get your trauma treated. It's such a culture to just kind of push through it and live with it, but it's amazing how freeing and liberating it is to actually have your trauma treated. and part of what the gift you're going to get when your trauma is treated is it's going to give you the space to breathe and to actually exist and to start to be able to establish some type of level of safety so that you can actually move out of survival mode. But yes, all of that from watching Finding Nemo. Who knew? Now we talked about my in-flight movies. Now let's let's have a moment about my brainless TV watching at home. Cause I've been really tired. I haven't been home much. And when I got home, I just laid around and I rediscovered real world. And what's interesting is these latter seasons of real world, um, there's so much more violence. Like I remember seeing the early seasons when David got kicked off. Um, from pulling the blanket off Tammy, you know, I think Steven got kicked off for slapping Irene. I mean, it's, there was one thing of violence and then someone was kicked out. And with those latter episodes, they weren't kicking people out for being violent, um, either aggressive to the space in a way that challenged safety, punching walls, throwing furniture, to assaulting each other and putting each other in chokeholds. And one of the things you see, and one of the reasons I know reality TV does have a level of scripting, so I know it's not truly real, real, um, but one of the things you get to see, which is a microcosm of the world, is that when these things just go on and people are being aggressive with each other, when they are being verbally aggressive with each other, when people are saying, racial, racially charged or um, just racist things and it goes unchecked, 
you get to literally watch how it just continues to escalate and, and fester. Um, I believe that's for a couple of reasons. One is that it shifts to a culture where all of this is seemingly accepted behavior. So people feel more free to act out and to show up in verbally or physically aggressive ways. Um, also, the thing you see behind some of this behavior, especially some of the aggression on the show, is that there's an element of it that is trauma-reactive behavior, like we talked about with the incident with Will Smith and Chris Rock. And in these environments where people are verbally and physically aggressive and are already having trauma-reactive behavior, well, then you're triggering more trauma with other people and everybody becomes hyperactivated. Um, and in these constructs of something like this show, it is, they have producers and, and people that are on staff that have the power to actually intervene. But when they choose not to, these cultures grow. And to me, it's a demonstration of what's important, not only in our personal life, but especially in professional lives and when creating work environments, especially as leadership how critical it is to step in like these producers aren't to step in and set the tone for what the culture is going to be. If it's going to be a culture of support, a culture of diversity and equity, then you have to actually step up. You have to be a full fledged ally. You can't just sit back and let people say racist or homophobic or gender just horrible things about gender and expect that you're going to have a culture of support and you can't sit by. So you have to actively treat this like being an active ally is that if these things occur, you have to clearly and quickly demonstrate that they are unacceptable because you are very responsible for the culture that you create um, an example of creating a better culture is when I was on that symposium I was telling you about. It was, there were so many people there. I was, there weren't many of us that were people of color, just a few. And we had were able to have open, honest conversations, even conversations about Myself and another person talking about our experience of being Black women in these healthcare spaces um, and oftentimes that are very white. And we were able to have those conversations because people were open to it and they were respectful. And, you know, I feel like if people are dedicated to it and also have it on their hearts to treat people that way, that we can all exist in a positive way and add to each other's value, no matter our gender, religion, or race. And I've seen it. I don't see it all the time. <laughs> and, and you see things like kids using some inflammatory language and we just have to continue to work and people have to continue to work on being really good allies. And even as a black woman, 
I still have to be mindful and intentional about being an ally to other communities to, you know, we recently had Ramadan, the Muslim community, to the Asian community, to the Latinx community, to the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, But we have to be intentional. You don't, you just have to be intentional. It's just important. And setting the tone and nipping these kinds of behaviors and things in the bud are so important. And at a time where there continue to be so many racially motivated and gender motivated issues that you're going to come into a lot of people that don't necessarily feel safe all the time. And I really feel like part of our duty as humans on this earth is to continue to establish safety for our fellow humans. And as I said earlier with this last killing in Buffalo, a lot of African-Americans continue to not be okay because it doesn't feel safe in our own country. Um, And I work with quite a few trans kids and they aren't okay either. They don't feel safe. And we just have to do better. That's the story. You need to do better. We all have to do better. You know, there's room for all of us to do better. And I want to challenge you to do that. (laughs) Welcome to Goodwin Medical Associates, where we provide customized, caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com for more information and to book your free consultation. Let me introduce you to Better Nation. Better Nation is the community of people that follow the Better with Dr. Erica podcast that are like you and want to be better, do better, and live better. By becoming a member of Better Nation, you also get to receive member-only bonus content to put you officially in the inner circle, show notes with timestamps so you don't have to search for your favorite moments, and some bonus free coaching tools. So visit joinbetternation.com. That's joinbetternation.com to become a VIP and be a part of Better Nation. Better with Dr. Erica. It's time for Ask Dr. Erica. And guess what? It's Dr. Erica. Now, a question that I frequently get um, when I'm speaking and even with patients, with patients' family, is how do you get help? So let's talk about two national resources to get some mental health assistance. One that you see all the time is the National Suicide Prevention Line. This is the number that flashes on the screen also with TV shows. You can call it by calling 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-TALK. And this will also be in the description. And they also have a chat line. So if you want to chat and type, you can do that. You can call and it's a trained person on the other line just to help you through and just because you call doesn't mean they're going to be sending the popo or the 911. I mean, sending the ambulance to you. Um, their website is suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And it has a lot of great information and resources, along with listing the number and the chat line also. The other major national resource is the Crisis Text Line. Um, all you have to do is text 741741. That's 741741. And you can text HOME, H-O-M-E. Um, you may also 
go to presentations or hear things and people will talk about other words to text to 741741. One example is silence because silence the shame uses silence. Um, the change in the word is simply to track referrals. Um, you still get the same service, but um, those are a couple of options. So you have a text line, a chat line, and a phone line. And those are national. So if you need some help, you need or trying to help someone else it's a great way and they can also help you kind of determine what might be the best next steps along with just providing support if you're in a dark place and having difficulties so i just wanted to talk about those for you as some options and some national resources now back to the show better with dr erica now as we start rounding the corner towards home i know i feel like we've been talking a little while is recently I I got a text message from um, someone I'm close to saying that they were depressed and didn't want to live anymore and could I call them? And one of the things I wanted to talk about, especially with this, is we're at a time where a lot of people are pushed past their breaking point. They just have no more left to give. And the amount of people feeling like they either want to end their life or they just simply don't want to be here anymore and would be very comfortable if they just went to sleep and didn't wake up continues to increase. There's so much hopelessness um, given what is just going on beyond just what was the baseline level of mental mental health challenges before all of these things going on in our society from the pandemic to people with financial issues, to racial injustice, to wars, to Roe versus Wade. It's some of everything. And more and more people are getting these calls or texts from people they care about. Or may even, as people have limited capacity, these things spill off into work. And more and more you may get contacted with something like this. And since it's Mental Health Awareness Month, I wanted to talk to you about how to handle it. Because it can be scary if you don't know what to do. I mean, it can be a little scary regardless because naturally you never want anybody to feel that way. So let's talk about what to do. We're going to talk about it in three steps. So three is the magic number today. Number one is to respond and be present. There is something so powerful about actually being present and being with someone. And that doesn't mean you have to literally be physically there. Sometimes someone may call you and you're, you're not even in the same state. But to actually be present and not distracted while you actually talk to them and to actually respond and not ignore it. So the first one is respond and be present. It also helps them feel that you see them and value them. Number two is resources. So number one, respond. Number two, resources. Um, There are numerous resources available for you, including the Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-TALK, or 1-800-273-8255. Oftentimes, there are local crisis lines, so you can literally just Google either your city or state 
and crisis line. It will give you a phone number that is local. The one thing I do enjoy about the local crisis lines, like for Georgia, we have GCAL, the Georgia Crisis and Access Line, is that they're very aware of local resources because there are times where you'll call these hotlines and someone may not necessarily need to go to the hospital and they can tell you some resources or just provide some additional support. The next is there's always ER going to the emergency room or calling 911. Um, but those are some resources that are, are handy. But one of the good things about some of these crisis lines is if you're not quite sure what to do, they can also help you. Number three is help with getting help. So we talked about number one is respond. Number two is resources. Number three is help with getting help. So if the person needs an appointment, you can help them call or be present with the call or to help them search for a mental health care provider. If they don't have one, it may take a little bit extra capacity to be trying to search and find one. You can help with that by looking on the internet, calling insurance, just to assist so that you decrease that barrier. Um, you can also, if you're not available to go over, you can send additional support over with family and friends, um, but to actually help with connecting with help. So you got that. So if you get one of those calls and texts, you want to number one, respond and be present. Number two, there are resources such as the suicide prevention hotline, local crisis lines, the ER and 911. Um, if you're not sure whether to go to the ER or call 911, um, you can also, you know, reach out to these hotlines and crisis lines and they may be able to help you tell because I realize you're not a licensed mental health care practitioner and also help with getting help to just help break down those barriers to help them connect, make calls, and find people. And you might be wondering what happened with me. I actually called and spoke with the person. We were able to come up with some plans and support for them to also not be isolated, get some love from the dog. And pets are wonderful in their family. Um, and they're they're doing okay. But I just want you to be prepared because this this can happen. So on that note, we're gonna just going to end right here. I'm, I'm just so blessed to spend this time with you and to be able to share some of the things I learn on or have experienced in this journey of assisting and walking with people on a path to get to better mental health with you. Because, you know, I'm Dr. Erica. I'm a Harvard-trained double board certified psychiatrist and integrative lifestyle coach. I help people through my books, including Fix Your Fairy Tale, A Woman's Guide to a Great Life, Love, and Legacy, my speaking, my adult telepsychiatry practice, and my podcast that you're listening to. I do all this to help busy people like you that show up for everyone else and often don't show up for yourself. I do this to put you back in your life so that you can be better, do better, and live better. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know there are a million podcasts out there, probably literally a million, and you chose mine. So thank you. And thanks for trusting me to be in your ears. I appreciate it. Thanks for hanging in with me. I know we've been doing some solo episodes. I will have guests back soon, but I had a few things I just want to get off my chest and tell you directly. So thank you for having me. Thanks for showing up for yourself. Give yourself a big pat on the back. If you like what you heard, please 
follow or subscribe. That way you get all the updates and know anytime anything Dr. Erica drops. The next thing is you can also rate or review. That is helpful. That helps me bring in even better content. I really appreciate it. And also share. Don't let this be the best kept secret. I'm here to help everyone's mental health get better. I'm here to help everyone be better, do better, and live better. And I can only do that if you help me. So please share. And the last thing is I want you to give yourself some love. Take your left hand, put it on your right arm. Take your right hand, put it on your left arm. Give yourself a big squeeze. Tell yourself, I love you because you know you deserve it. And I'm sending love out to you. Until next time, have a better day. Find me on social media at Dr. Erica, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all social media and online at betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. If you like what you heard, tap on that subscribe or follow button, then click share and click rate and review. Now, don't panic if you don't see rate and review. Sometimes it mainly shows up on Apple Podcasts and Audible, but I appreciate hearing your feedback check back weekly for new episodes. They drop on Tuesday mornings. Until next time, be better, do better, live better. Better with Dr. Erica.